Hello and welcome to another episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast where three dudes talk about games. I'm Austin. I'm John. (laughs) (laughs) There's the intro. Episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast for three dudes talking about games. I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. And this week we're talking about Marvel's Midnight Suns, a brand new turn based tactics deck building RPG game from Firaxis Games. Slash dating of... sim. Yeah, you forgot slash dating sim. Slash dating sim. I did forget <laughs> that. Yeah, slash dating sim. <laughs> From Firaxis, who made XCOM and Civilization games that we love, and that a lot of other people love too. This one obviously is in collaboration with Marvel, and so you play as Marvel characters from Avengers, from Midnight Suns, from X-Men, from Runaways. Runaways. Like, it's definitely, um, this was interesting to me right off the bat, actually the thing I think I liked the most about this game was that it went more into like the characters that use just straight up magic in the marvel universe you know like magic is their superpower mm-hmm. yeah marvel hasn't done a ton of stuff in that realm yet that you know they brought doctor strange in and stuff and some other stuff a little bit but not so much this so i was i was excited to see those characters yeah we got sure. agatha harkness and nico and yeah. magic with a k and, yeah 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 so yeah it was it was fun seeing those characters you know, a little bit more in the limelight away from... You still have, you know, your your Wolverines and your Spider-Mans and your Iron Man and Captain America and all those characters. But uh, yeah, it was just interesting to see a little bit more of the, the side characters in the Marvel Universe, I guess. Yeah, and it is interesting because the main character in this game and the character that the story focuses around is a generic hero who doesn't exist in the Marvel comics right. created mm-hmm. for this game called The Hunter. And that's the player character, or sort of the main player character of the game. And, you know, you can customize them. They can be male or female. You know, you can do their hair and their outfit and their face and whatever. It's, you know, one of those customized protagonist generator things. But yeah, it's interesting because it does make the focus of the game, like the the plot linchpin is, is this hunter character. And so it allows them to kind of write this new plot for the game about him battling his mother the the mother of demons who's summoning evil into the world but at the same time all of the interactions in the throughout the game throughout like the the quote-unquote dating simulator part are very much you learning about the other marvel characters you learning more about nico's backstory and about how her parents were evil super villains cultists and you know logan's history and you know Pick your, pick your favorite Marvel character. There's lots and lots to learn about them. And I, I thought that was kind of cool because they basically made the protagonist a blank slate mm-hmm. so that you can kind of act however you want with them and you can just learn about these other characters. And you don't really have to... You don't have to take on the persona of an existing Marvel character as the, the main character. Yeah. That was hit and miss for me, kind of. Because, like, I, from one standpoint, like, I wanted to see the other Marvel characters, like, interacting with other Marvel characters, kind of, you know? Like, just because, like, 
those things have been established and that's what I'm looking for as a as a fan of like Marvel characters. It's just like new interactions between these these characters that I know and love. And there definitely is some of that. Yeah, there's sure. definitely yeah. When there's, when some there's of big that. group conversations or they'll just do one off lines to each other totally in that character. Yeah. It's yeah. still there. But there there was also some like some pretty good moments that I feel like you don't get, you know, if you're like if you were playing as Captain America, say, and you're yeah. interacting with Tony Stark, you know, there's all this history that they have to deal with, like, because of that MCU and like just all this other stuff that's canon that these characters have had. Like, what do these characters have to say to each other that hasn't already been said? And so that was interesting from, like, the blank slate character kind of perspective is that you wouldn't have those characters telling those stories about their, their backgrounds and yeah. stuff without that. So We should say that this game, although it is a Marvel game, it is not directly from the MCU, like the voice actors yeah. and, and the mm -hmm. storyline yeah, and whatnot. It is not drawn from the MCU. In fact, the only thing I could find from any sort of Marvel franchise that's actually like directly involved in this is the voice actor from the Spider-Man games, the PlayStation Spider-Man games by Insomniac, is the same Peter Parker uh, oh, voice okay. actor in this game. But other than that, I mean, it's all very much marvel canon for all the characters and their backstories and stuff but it's they draw from the comics they yeah they draw from the comics yeah. not from the cinematic yeah. universe exactly don't expect to see robert downey jr's face on iron man in right. fact, or iron voice man like a... him at all yeah and like and a mustache that's really something to write home about <laughs> <laughs> i love it they they make reference to that mustache several times in the game and i always really yeah. appreciated it how do you play this game fellas so this game is really similar to XCOM. It is it is turn-based tactics, but it has a different flavor to XCOM in ways that I think really make the the superhero theme come out. Wait, how how so? I think they did a really good job with this because XCOM turn-based tactical game, but the random elements in that game are your percentage to hit, your your accuracy. And so a lot mm -hmm. of times, you know, you take a shot and it'll tell you you have an 85% chance to hit and do damage and, or maybe a variable amount of damage you do. And that's what keeps a tactics game interesting, I think, is having some amount of unknown and some amount of randomness in it. So you can't perfectly plan everything, but you're trying to maximize your chances. And... Oh, okay. And it in, is... In a, in a Marvel game about superheroes... It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for Captain America to, one, be hiding behind cover. He doesn't really do that. And mm -hmm. two, it doesn't really make sense for Captain Marvel to go up to a random Hydra soldier and have a 99% chance to hit and just miss. Like, that's not <laughs> yeah. something that happens in comic books, and it shouldn't happen in the game. Right? Like, it, it, yeah. it wouldn't fit the theme. And so yeah. what they superhero did here, superheroes aren't scared and they don't miss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like the interesting part is how epic you can be in setting up some combo between the superheroes. And that's what they did here. So they, they created a card based system for attacks. So there's not just like, oh, every hero gets two attacks and a move a turn. It's not like that at all. Essentially, you get three card plays a turn across your whole team and each of your heroes whatever heroes you bring to the battle brings their own deck of cards and that you upgrade and switch out during downtime and make better throughout the game. That's sort of the upgrade progression mechanic in the game is getting better and better moves for your heroes. 
which are the cards in the deck. And then essentially you draw a hand of cards and you use those cards to do abilities. So Captain America has a shield throw ability that, you know, hits all the enemies in a certain area for a certain amount of damage and it taunts them all. So they have to attack him next turn. And every character has different things. Wolverine has abilities where he can just like do a whole bunch of attacks to one enemy and cause them to bleed with his claws or whatever. Making those work together is the challenge of the game. And the randomness of the game is what cards you draw every turn and trying to make the best of them, the best of the situation with the cards you draw, the enemies you're facing, and the environment that you have to deal with. I, I am very happy with how little randomness. I guess there's one character that's very random, but I don't like pure randomness in a game. It feels bad to be unlucky. Right. And in this game, you're able to get two redraws in a turn. So if you don't like two of your cards, some cards even let you do more redraws. There's plenty of drawing cards so you never feel completely stuck with just a terrible draw and you can adjust your decks so that there just isn't bad cards there aren't any bad cards in your deck you pick a team of three to go out on every mission and it pulls all three of their cards together of whatever decks you've built for those heroes and you don't always have to use hunter you can use any assortment of marvel characters although the missions will sometimes specify like you have to put Iron Man in the team, but anyone else can be random. And some of those things are because there's like side quests, right? So like yeah. this is a turn-based tactics game, so you are doing a battle, and there are bad guys, and there's like usually like some minions and like a boss kind of thing that's mm-hmm. like a named character or whatever. And then there would be a side thing that's like, you know, knock however many enemies into obstacles or something, yeah. or like or don't get hit with this character or whatever the thing may be. And that's why they like make you take certain characters into those side missions yeah and also like there there's a ton of characters in this game there's what is it 12 at least 12 yeah yeah but and you keep unlocking characters up until i i told austin earlier it's funny the mission before the final mission in the game you unlock a new character (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you're unlocking characters throughout and they all have very different interesting move sets and very true to what the character is like captain america draws a lot of power with his shield and only does like shield bashes or like throws a shield wolverine can regenerate and do like berserker and attack a ton of guys at once i don't know how do you did you feel like there were any like completely worthless characters i didn't feel like any of the characters were completely worthless i I didn't play enough of the game to have unlocked all of them so i don't i can't speak for you know overall the whole game but even in the beginning like you feel like every character is doing something and that's even with like without having upgraded any of the cards or like being able to customize your deck really at all like actually i thought this game did a really good job of like the tactical part of it and in the sense of like you're given the randomness in this game is introduced by your card redraws i know you're saying like right you know, you don't like randomness and there are ways that that is limited in this game, but there is still some and it's like, you only have a a hand that is so many cards. And so like, sometimes, you know, you draw three options for Iron Man and and only one for two other characters. And it's like, okay, well, how much use out of these other two characters can you get to like set up Iron Man to like really kind of sweep with these three cards that you know you have? Yeah. Or like, what is like, you know, let me take 
five minutes without taking a turn and like look around the board and and really like really check which of these things is going to make the most impact to what i'm trying to do right now i i thought the tactics element of this game was excellent yeah and a lot of the moves are based on your positioning and you only get one move per round so it's very important who you choose to move and also some of the moves you end up at a certain spot so you think that comes into play and one of the best things where you don't even need cards there's different barrels to explode or things to throw or street poles to pull down on people it just gives a lot of variety besides just the cards and those are just free things that you get to use well with a resource called heroism yeah and i i totally agree i think that the tactical elements of this game are the best i've ever seen um i think they they blow xcom and xcom 2 out of the water i don't i don't even think it's close the variability and thinking through okay so if i do this with wolverine and i attack these three guys with my claws then i'll end up over here and then since i'm over there i can push i can slide this like box and hit those three enemies and that'll put that guy on that side in between captain america and iron man and then captain america can use his shield punch to knock him into iron man like Mm -hmm. you can set up this game like it's almost like playing like like billiards or pinball where you're like, how do I get people in the right positions to do an attack that maximizes my damage, that bounces people, or knocks a guy into an explosive barrel to kill three people? And that is the joy of this game, in, yeah. in my experience. It's like, is so much fun to figure out three, sort of three moves ahead and be like, ooh, if I do that, and then I do that, and then I do that, everything is going to be awesome. And and because of those options, like that's the reason that no character is useless. Like no matter what card you draw, no matter what team you have, no matter what is in your hand, there's always something useful that a character can do. It might not be the most efficient thing. It might not be that you can do in that moment. It might not be the best thing. That's like the element of skill involved in the game. But like there was there was nothing there was no turn where I ever did something and then went that was wasted i just wasted a turn it was always like oh shoot you know like especially when you're like in the beginning you're still learning the game it was like oh shoot you know like it would have been better if i did this other thing but now that i have done this thing i can use this other move to set it up to make it so that that was a good thing to have done in the past yeah well i'm i'm curious chris since you seem to really like the tactical element of the game what what made you bounce off this game i don't like deck builders Ah. I never have. And it wasn't, you know, the, the thing about this game that I will recommend, I'll come back to this at the end, and, I, and I'm going to recommend to this game. The thing that makes this more accessible than basically any other deck builder is how small the decks are for yeah. each character. They're like eight cards. And you can only use two repeats in each deck, so it's very, very limited. Yeah. My thing about it, is particularly in this game, was like the way you get new cards and the level up system just seemed kind of tedious to me the having to go in to like a level and like like the overworld thing where you're exploring around the grounds and like find these like collectibles that i didn't care about and then bring them back to iron man to have him synthesize things and it's the same cinematic every time and just like i don't know it just it ruined the immersion for me is is what happened and i just don't like deck builders but i thought that this is probably the best way to do it because because the tactics element was so good it kind of like it kind of made it better 
it, it, it took away some of the, I don't know, the deck building was all, when you're in, when you're in an actual battle, the deck building, deck building was almost more of like a cosmetic thing for your actions. Whereas like, you know, like an XCOM that's like these really tiny little buttons at the bottom and there's only four options that you can do pretty much ever. And they're the same options every turn. And this seemed just like, it just was like adding more options with like a little bit more cosmetic while you were in game, but the leveling up and the progression system, I didn't like. Yeah, I mean, we should talk about the other half of this yeah. game that isn't the tactical battle stuff. We should talk about like what you do. So this game is basically two phases. One is go do a battle and kill all the guys or steal the crate from Hydra or whatever it is. That's the tactics part. And then you go back to this place called the Abbey, which is sort of the home base and you don't have a base building mechanic like you do in XCOM. This is sort of where the dating sim part of the game comes in. And all of the futzing around and upgrading your deck and talking to characters and world building and stuff comes in. I will say it did help break up the monotony of doing the tactics over and over and over again. If it was just straight tactics every time, I don't think I would like it as much. Now... The dating sim did get a little old for me and the writing was a little cheesy towards the end. But I will say it was exciting to like, okay, if I get these objectives, like if I do three missions with Wolverine, I can unlock this research thing, which is going to help me get more cards in this area. Because there's a ton of stuff outside of the tactics to be able to gain cards, permanent upgrades that let you knock back farther. If you're just skipping out on the damage, other side of the game, of yeah. Effects, yeah if you're skipping out on that side of the game, you are doing yourself a huge disservice because it it stuff you get is so good. I completely disagree with that. I think that it. I don't think it being just all turn-based tactics all the time would have been tedious at all. I would have much preferred that, in fact. And with a progression system that was like, you know, do however many missions or like some experience points thing or whatever with characters. And then you're just given a new card and you trade it out into your deck, like in Gloomhaven. Yeah. That would have been a much better, much more enjoyable deck building experience for the type of game that I enjoy personally. Well, towards the end of the game, I started to play it like that because I was a little over doing all these dates and stuff. So I would just skip through the dialogue real quick, go get my new card from the mission and then go back and do another mission instead of doing like training or whatever yeah yeah so we should talk about a little bit like what the because we're calling it a dating simulator <laughs> yeah you don't you don't actually get to yeah. romance any of the <laughs> no but you do definitely you build friendship level people. but you absolutely yeah, go yeah. on dates yeah you go stargazing with spider-man and yeah <laughs> yeah and you and every time you go on one of these little like dates you you have a conversation with them usually they reveal a little more about their backstory or something that they're sort of struggling with in in universe whether it's a mission that you recently went on and some problem you're facing or like a conflict with another member of the team right like iron man and and doctor strange are kind of always at each other's throats and they're like trying to sort of process that how they're both really good at their individual things but they're both kind of arrogant dicks but they have to work together whatever it is like you learn more about the characters and your responses they, they give you like multiple choice dialogue options and how you respond can make the character like you more and then at the end you can like give them a gift and if you give them the right <laughs> gift then they like you more but like garrett said if you don't do these things or you're not like that interested in it and you're like god i just want to play more of the tactics 
you are really shooting yourself in the foot because upgrading your friendship level, getting them to like you more, gets permanent positive bonuses for your team. A team that is more in sync outside of battle is more in sync inside of battle. And you get hero combo attacks that do tons of damage Mm -hmm. and you'll get uh, better passive abilities for all your heroes so that they just become better with everything they do. And it makes them more, I, I guess I would say unique. Like the more you level up friendship, the more specific a character's build becomes and it makes them more more different from the other characters because of their their special abilities rather than just like oh well everyone just like has a quick attack and a regular attack and something that gives them extra heroism yeah so but i i agree with you it does get tedious at the end i mean i kind of liked it at the beginning because i don't i never read comic books not a big comic book guy so learning about these characters like nico and magic and ghost rider who i don't really know anything about like the only Ghost Rider I know is the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider, and that is <laughs> something I don't want to revisit. Yeah. So, so it was it was a refreshing take to like just just learn about these characters, and I think they did a pretty good job. I agree, the writing is pretty cheesy. Yeah, especially towards the it's end. real weird sometimes. Well, there's there's some good stuff. Like I like the back and forth between the Avengers and Midnight Suns, like them not getting along and having to work together. And by the end, you kind of talking them into working together. But the moment to moment between you and one character towards the end is like, you're my best friend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, like, and, oh, and all of them are like that. And they're like, I yeah. don't know what I would do if it wasn't for you, hero. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I, I'm just curious. Do you guys want to take a guess at how many voice lines were recorded for this game? Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> Fuck. It's got to be over a thousand. Voice lines? Yeah. yeah. Over yeah. a thousand. Chris, any guess? I was going to guess much higher than that. Oh. I'm going to say an order of magnitude. 10,000. Uh, over sixty-five thousand voice lines. Holy shit! Yeah, wow, I underguessed that by a lot. But Vo- yeah. voice actors <laughs> had their fucking work cut out. No for kidding. This. Oh, also, uh, if anyone is a fan of the Dungeons and Dragons show Critical Role, greatest dungeon master in the world, Matt Mercer, also well-known voice actor, is Hunter in this game, the male Hunter. In this yeah. Game. And oh, he's the uh, male Hunter. I see. I mm-hmm. played female Hunter. Ah, oh, very. I blew nice. it. I will say, playing the female hunter, I don't understand how it feels like more of a mother daughter story than a mother son story, and I wonder how it felt for you because especially when you start figuring out Lilith's past and why she kept Hunter alive and what she did for her. I mean, say more because I I feel like that's pretty gender neutral. I mean, it's basically just like she wanted to save her baby. Yeah. I, I, I felt more of a she saw herself in Hunter. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It's an interesting take. It's weird. It's wild because I, I just couldn't. By the end of it, I was like, I don't understand how this would be a guy. I just don't. I don't see it the same way. But it was just interesting. Hey, maybe that means that the you know that you connected with the story on a you know kind of wrapped you into a way that you can't see it the other way. I yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's that's some validation for the storytelling i don't think it's a mind-blowing story by any stretch no, but no it's entertaining it's a marvel yeah. superhero i was story. gonna say it's a marvel story so yeah. it's definitely not mind-blowing <laughs> no it, it's no. it's your basic superhero good versus evil stuff yeah. yeah austin do you have nits to pick i do have nits to pick 
Yeah. So talk let's talk about pick. let's talk about bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A great a great segue into bugs. Myths <laughs> myths are bugs. Let's uh, yeah yeah let's. let's so I bugs. played on the PS5 and the game ran very smoothly for me, except there was a game breaking bug where you can send people off on side missions. And if you sent two, well, you can eventually get the ability to send two people on side missions. For some reason, every time I picked the bottom mission first, it would send that guy on both missions. Which is not a thing that should be possible. Which shouldn't happen. And then when I'd come back to collect, it would permanently crash my game. I found a workaround clicking as fast as possible to try to get through the screens and doing that about 10 times and finally it working. But you might have to just revert your save back to before you even took the mission, which is frustrating. Yeah, that seems not good. But no. I, I, that's, that's a bug that they can probably fix. Other than that, on PS5, I didn't have any problems. I heard, Austin, you had a couple. Yeah, so when, when this game first launched, uh, I'm playing on PC. I have a 3080 graphics card, plenty of RAM, and a damn good CPU. This game was taking literally four or five minutes to load a battle or load back into the Abbey after a battle. And when you were like moving around the Abbey or when it was loading a cinematic, it was very, very laggy, very, very stuttery to the point that it was actually very difficult just to move around in the overworld because it was so stuttery that as you try and turn, it would just like clip, 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 and then you'd be running the opposite direction. It was very bad. I uninstalled the game from my regular hard drive. I reinstalled on my solid state. That helped immensely. Second, I turned the graphics basically all the way down to low and turned off ray tracing. That helped a lot. And then they patched the game like four days later and that helped some as well. Even with all that, there's still times when it would stutter and lag on my PC, which is frankly ridiculous. On lowest settings, that's On the saying. lowest settings <laughs> of the 3080. That's absurd, it's not okay. I have heard that this is basically entirely due to the 2K launcher that it launches with. If you get this game on Steam, there's a very easy workaround I'm not going to go into it here, but essentially you just got to find the file in the directory and launch it directly from that. If you Google launch Midnight Suns without 2K, it'll come right up. Unfortunately, there's no such workaround for Epic Games, or I couldn't find one. So if you're going to get this game on PC, <laughs> get it on Steam. Do not get it on Epic because launching it without the launcher apparently makes it way smoother for some reason. I don't pretend to understand why. I have some other nits to pick about this game. Overall, I really enjoyed this game, but I do have some nits to pick. I really liked that most of the moves that you do in the game have cool animations to go with them. And they look really good, the particle effects look great, and they're fun and they're flavorful and they feel like you're a superhero. Great job. There are these hero combos where you can have two heroes do this like epic combo move that does a ton of damage, but they kind of went a little lazy with this. And instead of designing a unique animation for each combo of heroes, they basically, you know, cut to Iron Man and they show him like blasting, Running. blasting, blasting. Yeah. And then they cut to Spider-Man webbing, webbing, webbing. And then they cut back to Iron Man doing like a big blast. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a little yeah. disappointing. I would have loved to actually see an animation with the two of them together on the field. A combo. 
Yeah. 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 Right. It's just Doesn't a cut away. my experience of the game, but it was disappointing because it's like, these are the most epic moves you can do in the game. Mm-hmm. It would have been really cool to see them kind of work together like that. Another nit to pick, like Chris said, there's a lot of stuff to do to, to upgrade your cards and it's a big process and there's multiple systems that you have to constantly be kind of futzing with to, to keep everything running. And one thing that really annoyed me is there's a there's an area where you upgrade the cards in your deck and there's an area where you switch out the cards in your deck and those aren't the same place so you can't go to one screen and switch out a card and then upgrade it you have to go to your deck switch things out then go back to the upgrade thing then upgrade a thing then go back to the card switch out screen and then put that card in your deck and you're like jesus fucking christ that mechanic right there was what made me quit the game it it is that is a very annoying thing. I, I, yeah. I very it is much understand. So needlessly complicated. Yeah. 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 This game has like a I mean, a hundred is a grand exaggeration, but it feels like it has a hundred different systems that you're keeping track of at once. From upgrading cards to the hero ops to the going on dates to the exploring the grounds to, to the, cooking uh, stuff in a cauldron. Yeah, exactly. The cauldron. <laughs> the the little blips you pick up around the uh, around the, the abbey. abbey. The book club. The yeah car shop side mission. The there's just a lot of shit going on. The little puzzles you do to like open doors and shit, which yep, yep. felt like absolutely zero effort had been put into them whatsoever. Yeah, I want to say the the exploring around the grounds. I basically did it all and. Boy, I'm. I really can't recommend it. No. I, I don't think it was interesting. the The only interesting thing is the very, very end of it. it it's spoilers, by the way. Go uh, you find a secret under the greenhouse, and it's where Lilith did her ritual to save everyone, and it gives that whole backstory before. If you do it early enough, which I did, it gives you the whole backstory before it's revealed, and it's a yeah. it's a big reveal right there. Yeah, so I just did that. And I, I did think that was interesting, but man. But just, is it worth it? No. No. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so many, like, you do all this work and there's so many things to open and so many things to do. And it'll be, you'll get to an area and there'll be a floating rock and it'll be like, floating rock, mystery. And then you use the reveal action and then a chest appears under the rock and it says, mystery solved. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, that literally took me three seconds. That's yep. not a mystery. That's stupid. It's yeah. not and, a mystery and it wasn't solved. Yeah. And and, and all you get is just cosmetics. It's so cosmetics. if you're a person yeah. that likes cosmetics, yeah, go explore it. If you're looking for cards and stuff, just ignore it. Just ignore yeah. everything on the ground. It's yeah. not worth it. And it's crazy too, like to me the effort that seems to have gone into creating that because the grounds are is like actually massive it's a oh, huge, yeah. oh, it's huge like overworld yeah. kind of thing you could you can spend hours and hours and hours exploring this thing and, and it's, it's beautifully totally detailed pointless. yeah it's beautifully detailed it's i mean it's well designed as a sort of metroidvania in the sense that areas are locked off until you get certain abilities and then you can open up more and more of them like i think it's well designed i think it looks great i think the, like the lore that you find around it can be interesting if you're interested mm-hmm. in reading the journals of these characters and learning more about kind of their thoughts and feelings it's cool but like goddamn, it's just so much time to get yeah. anything done out there and yeah. i think the rewards are just not worth it should we talk about the difficulty on this game yeah yeah sure it, 
I think it did a pretty interesting thing where you only can choose one difficulty starting out and you unlock harder difficulties as you play on the difficulties so yeah. that you're not just throwing yourself in and you kind of as you learn the game and get better decks you shouldn't be playing at the lowest difficulty because your your deck becomes way too powerful and they couldn't account for that well it's interesting because the enemies do scale yeah to your level yes but your deck isn't really related to your level in mm -hmm. some sense I, yeah i just thought it was very weird though because Upping the difficulty, it's really just about keeping the game interesting and challenging. Yeah. Because the rewards you get are basically extra gloss, and gloss is what you use to buy cosmetics. And I have more gloss than I could spend in a lifetime, because I don't really care about that stuff. I mean, you do get a little bit more hero experience, but for making the enemies, like, 50% harder, you get, like, 10% more hero experience. And it's like, yeah. hmm, that's not worth my time and effort. Yeah, yeah. It's really more of a challenging thing. Yeah, if it's, just a challenge. If it so. becomes way too easy, you should probably up the difficulty, maybe yeah. one. So, but I, so far, I have found the game, like, the tactical combat, I found it interesting. I haven't found it to be, like, brutally difficult. I, I've been, I'm pretty good at tactics games, and I, so I've been enjoying it. It's a challenge to try and be efficient, but there are some battles with some characters that I have now. Where if I have three good characters on a team, I just absolutely smoke the whole board on turn one. Yeah. Or close yeah. to it. And it, it feels it also feels really good when you get a it turn feels one awesome kill. to do it that. Feels awesome. You're like, fuck yeah, I built a great deck. I yeah. planned for this. I did good deck building. Yeah. Right. And there's like there are like side missions where it's like finish the whole thing in one turn. And mm -hmm. you know, you just have to have built a good deck and have like some some pretty OP characters for whatever or whatever mission you're doing for me like the difficulty was fine i've yeah. definitely played much more difficult tactics games than yeah. this i will say there is one type of mission that is just you make it a challenge for yourself so every turn you hit an alarm and it pulls more reinforcements in mm -hmm. and you can do it as many times as you want and the more times you do it you get more rewards so oh, it's a total cool. of six turns and you can have a board of like 50 guys out there and it's incredibly hard but that's a really fun one to challenge yourself on that's who you need iron man's air superiority yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> it's such a cool card i will say there there's some interesting enemy types like there's a guy that splits into two every time you hit him and don't kill him and he yeah. can do that indefinitely or if you just kind of ignore him he will split another powerful guy into two like those huge shield guys he can split yeah. into two. That's a interesting like time gated mechanic where it's like shit, I have to deal with this fast. I I love the the different types of enemies. I thought they did a really good job slowly <laughs> introducing more and more interesting kinds of enemies. Later in the game they introduce enemies that are soul bonded. You have to kill <laughs> all of them in one turn or they resurrect each other. And, and they can soul bond with more and more so there's like a 10 yeah. soul bonded group. Yeah. yeah it, that makes so, it really but interesting. I, 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 whether it was like hard or not, I never found myself bored in the tactics in this game. I mean, we've said it again and again. The tactics are so interesting because how you use cards, how you refund your card plays, how you use your redraws, how you use the environment, how you position yourself in the environment, and how you knock enemies into the right position for things, it's just amazingly variable. So kind of regardless of difficulty, it's always fun. 
and mm-hmm. different characters play totally different and i i love that uh just so anyone who's getting into it knows probably like something like civilization or, or the XCOM games it's a pretty long game i would say if you're trying to speed through it you might be able to beat it in 35 hours Oh, man, I think it's much longer than that. I, I would say if you're skipping all the dialogue and going as fast as you can on the e- easiest difficulty, maybe 35. I think I was doing it very fast towards the end, and I finished at about 45 hours. Yeah, I'm at about 50 hours, but I've been doing, I've been like 100%. He's been, like I, yeah, I've yeah, done I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to say if you're like actually doing all the dialogue and like making a pass at the collectibles and like, doing all the stuff that the game wants you to do it's going to be probably in the like 60 to 75 hours yeah 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 that's and great. that's of course not including if you want a new game plus or play it again on a higher mm-hmm. difficulty right. or whatever you want to do because again the tactics are fucking fun you might want to play yep. this game yep. again and quite frankly just skip all the dialogue because yeah. on the second time through just enjoy the the tactical battles well i'm currently still i'm not going to do new game plus because what you can do there's a mechanic to get your light level you can either go light or dark mm-hmm. and you can bring that all the way up and you unlock special cards and equipment with doing that but as soon as i got to the highest light level you can start bringing it back down and doing everything evil so i'm into starting to unlock dark level stuff but i just want to see the full deck that cool. you can get and so i've been playing since i've beaten the game it's it's a fun game yeah I, I, that's gonna add another couple tens of hours onto your onto the game yeah yeah you do exactly that. so like this it's a lot of content for sure mm-hmm. for sure it's a slow-paced game it's gonna you know like tactics games are slow-paced you don't you don't rush through them yeah yeah unless you're trying to do the thing where you you know you win in one turn but even then you gotta like take a look at the board and see like mm-hmm. you know okay if i do this and then do this and then maybe even this, more like, so in the case that you need to do it in one turn you really got to stop and think about yeah. every move yeah <laughs> should we talk about the music so the, there were two composers involved with making this game their names are phil boucher and tim Wynn. they're both firaxis like not employees but longtime collaborators um, Phil Boucher worked on Fortnite. He worked on Civ Six. He worked on one of the XCOM side games. He's also contributed music to two of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So he's huh. like a big shot. And then Tim Wynn did XCOM Two. He did all the Total War games. He's also composed music for the the TV series Supernatural. So again, cool. an, uh, another big shot. These guys both have a long, long resume, and this is pretty obvious that they were going to bring in you know, heavy hitters like this for a Marvel property just because they have the money to do so. The soundtrack sounds exactly like what you'd expect from a Marvel property. It's it's big, sweeping, epic orchestra, <laughs> lots of brass, lots of drums, lots <laughs> yep. of strings. It, you know, if you listen to the Avengers theme ad nauseum, it would sound exactly how this game sounds yeah. for yeah. the vast majority of its playtime. The thing that I really liked about the sound in this game were the sound effects of the moves. Particularly Wolverine has lots of really good like slashy metal sounds. That's the thing that, that stood out to me while I was playing. The music is, I mean, it's big, it's epic, it's a production, it's Marvel. You know what it you're going to get, but the, the sound effects are the better aspect of this game for sure. All right, should we move to final thoughts? Let's do, Let's it. do it. I really enjoyed my time with Midnight Suns. I think the tactics, as we talked about, are just 
fantastic. You will never get bored playing this game. It's always something interesting to do in every single battle. Every battle feels a little different, a little just a, a little something to work your brain every time, but not really, really hard stuff. I thought the animations and, like Chris said, all the sound effects on all the different moves were really, really cool. The dating simulator portion is weird. I, I did not expect it in this game. It, it feels kind of out of place, but it kind of works at the same time. Like, I liked learning about the heroes. I think if you're a fan of any kind of a, a turn-based tactics game, Mario versus Rabbids, XCOM, even a Civilization game, uh, a Fire Emblem game, anything in that nature, Final Fantasy Tactics, whatever. If you liked anything in that realm, or even like puzzly kind of games, I think you should give this a shot. I think it's going to hold your attention. I think basically skip everything that isn't the actual dating part that that's in the abbey just like don't go explore the grounds don't worry too much about reading all the books or the entries unless you like it if you like it great go for it but you can cut down your time a lot and really just streamline on the the combat and the uh, awkward dating simulator and i think i think you'll have a good time with this game it does take a minute to learn but i think honestly you'll get your money's worth out of this game i had a ton of fun playing it 60 bucks two thumbs up for me is it my favorite game of the year no because this game was amazing this this year was amazing with games but it's the best tactics game i've ever played well i also really like this game i am still excited to keep playing after beating it because there's just so many variations you can do to upgrade cards you can completely switch up decks based on around a single ability and try different things out there's there's so much beyond just the trying to beat the tactic. It's I want to try this weird thing out with this group of characters. Is it going to work? And then sometimes it does work out. Sometimes it's not that great. But it's really fun to kind of explore those different deck builds. Yeah, if you're if you like deck building games, if you like team tactics games, you you can't go wrong. It's sixty dollars is worth it. The dating sim stuff is weird, but it's also funny at times. Also, there's just some weird... They were watching, at the very end, uh, a movie together, and they're talking about this space sci-fi movie. And on the TV, there's, like, a still of two cowboys shooting at each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's there's cowboys just, versus aliens, Doug Garrett. <laughs> there's just weird shit like that throughout the game, and I love it. So, yeah, totally worth it. I really enjoyed the tactics part of this game, and not really any of the rest of the game. I don't I just don't like deck builders. That's not the style of game that I enjoy playing and so that got in the way of the of the gameplay for me. But the tactics are very 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 good and the story is interesting. You know, there's you know some good cinematics and there's it's a long story and so it's something you can get invested in. I think that if you real if you really like ta tactics, turn-based tactics games, you gotta play this. Um, like Austin said, if you like anything that he listed, you must play this. If you don't like deck builders, this is probably one of the more accessible ones because it has small decks. And so, like, you know, if that's something you're, you might like, go ahead and go ahead and get this. I don't think $60 is worth it. But again, this is not my type of game. I would wait for a sale. I would gladly pay 
30, 40 bucks for this game. But yeah, the tactics, incredible. I just, it's just not my style of game. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Thank you so much for listening. This is actually going to be our last episode of the year, and it also wraps up our first year doing this podcast together. Woohoo! Woo! Yeah. So we've had a ton of fun making this podcast, and we really hope that you've enjoyed listening to us. Thank you so much for joining us for one episode or all the episodes. We really appreciate each and every one of you guys who has tuned in, played games with us on Discord, told your friends about us, and supported us on this new year and this new podcast, this new adventure for us. We hope you guys all have very happy holidays, and we will see you sometime in 2023 for our look back at 2022 and our award show. So until next year, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HTHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Make sure to tw- check us out on Twitch to see what we're playing and talking about. Come and join us in Discord. Uh, we hang out and play games there like every night. And we're always happy to have more gamers on the server. All those links will be in the show notes for this episode. And lastly, if you like this podcast, tell us a friend, give us a rating. Both of us really help us out, and we would really appreciate it. And don't forget to dibble those babs. Bring it <laughs> oh, back, baby! No. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs>